We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, what's up, Grinders? Uh, this is Dan Gasper, also known as Mr. Tuttle 5 I'm here with my man, Chief Justice Will. How are you doing today? I'm good, man. Uh, another day, another slate on fire. Uh, get get those uh, burning money emojis ready because somebody <laughs> you play is probably going to be out today. So uh, just, just get ready for a wild one. I'm just glad we got this Philly news before this game broke, which I figured we would, but uh, excited to be on with you, man, and, and try to help these people navigate through this late. Full disclosure today, I am building lineups during the show. It's just what I have to do because I don't want to scramble the last 30 minutes. So just hang in there with me, guys, and uh, we'll, we'll get through this thing together. Yeah, you're, you're ahead of me. I didn't even see the Tobias Harris and, and Al Horford news. Um, I was waiting for it. So you uh, you brought that to my attention. I was I was waiting for it. Um, that's why you were scrambling for some Kylo Quinn before lock, huh? <laughs> uh, yeah, g- giving away the secret sauce, but not nah, no secret. Uh, I feel like Kylo Quinn is probably going to have to play at least twenty minutes. I don't I don't see them limiting uh, Kylo Quinn when he barely plays the whole season. Uh, you know the the Wiley veteran. So I Kylo Quinn might be the new Boban today. I let's just start with that. Yeah, so I think the best way to do this is we have so much news to go through, and I think the easiest way to dissect it is game by game. Um, and since that Philly game is the first one, Phoenix versus Philadelphia, let's just go through some news and notes, and then I'll pass it over to you for some of your favorite plays from the game. Um, if I miss any news and notes, it's very possible because, again, this slate is a little bit of a mess. If I miss anything, feel free to correct me. Um, but with Philadelphia, like I just mentioned, we just heard that Al Horford and um, Tobias Harris will be out of this game for Philadelphia. That's on top of Joel Embiid already out. That's on top of Josh Richardson already out. Ben Simmons, Simmons obviously no longer with the team getting surgery, or I think he already had that surgery. So very, very skeleton-like crew for this Philly team today. Um they're the team with all the injuries. Phoenix, on the other hand of this, they still need to win. Uh, they still have uh, utmost motivation. Uh, they are trying to win out to get into that playoff, uh, that, that play-in game, I should say, the eight and the 9C playoff, um, to get into the playoffs. So their rotation is going to be a little bit more stable, a lot, a lot more easy, or a lot easier to project in terms of minutes. But this Philly side is going to be the interesting one in terms of um, who we see starting and who will eventually get the minutes. Um, we mentioned Kyle O'Quinn, obviously. Um, do you have any idea what the starting lineup is going to look like here for Philly yet? Uh, I mean, I have to. I feel like Alec Burks is going to start, so he's number one. I feel like Shake Milton is going to start. He would be two. I'm going to assume Thibault is going to start today in place of Tobias Harris. That would be three. Next would maybe be Mike Scott or or the Pell kid. That would be four. 
And I think Kyle O'Quinn's going to start today. I mean, they've got Aiton. They're going to need the size. If you know, if, if Phoenix was playing a small ball lineup, I, I may not be inclined to think that uh, Kyle O'Quinn was going to start. But when they have Aiton out there, I think I, I feel comfortable, you know, projecting Kyle O'Quinn right now for about 25 minutes. That's kind of my threshold. I don't think he'll get to 30, 32, but I think 25 minutes is reasonable uh, for Kyle O'Quinn. And I think that's – I feel like I'm pretty close to the starting lineup. Uh, in terms of that, maybe Mike Scott, like I said, maybe he doesn't play and, you know, they play Pele or the only other swap I could think is maybe they still bring Burks off the bench and he still plays 30 minutes and they play Furk and Korkmaz. That's yep. kind of my two scenarios. But other than that, I, I feel like we're pretty close to what the starting lineup is going to be. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, too, Korkmaz might be the other guy that could start for them. We'll see here. I know the projections team's working hard on it, so make sure you head over to Lineup HQ. Um, we'll be looking um, to, to update those projections kind of throughout the show here. And, again, it's important to follow along because we'll have breaking news all throughout not only this show but really the rest of the night. Um, that Milwaukee-Washington game starts at 9 Eastern. So we'll have uh, we'll be waiting for lineups for that. So, again, make sure you're refreshing the lineups or Lineup HQ um, to get the most up-to-date uh, projections for that. I believe we still do not have Kyle Quinn added onto there. Um, so maybe Dev, Devin's doing the screen share for me today because my computer's terrible. Um, but Devin can kind of show you um, on that lineup HQ page, if you need to add somebody that you're not seeing, uh, if you have somebody that you think you need to add for, um, might get some rotation, might get some minutes that we're not currently projecting in for whatever reason, uh, you can see um, how to add that player just right next to that player um, uh, word. There's that options drop down menu, and then you can click add a player without a projection. Um, and that's how you would add somebody to get them into lineup HQ if you're looking to do that. Um, but yeah, I mean, you hit most of what I think we were looking for on this Philadelphia side. I think the big question here then is um, if they're going to kind of hold back their playoff rotation guys too, I think is the, the biggest question. So, so somebody like Shake Milton or Tybalt even part of their playoff rotation, you might see some of these guys um, get their minutes capped still. Uh, so I think some of these secondary guys, you mentioned Alec Burks is somebody that I like quite a bit. He's We know he's going to be a high usage guy no matter when he's on the court. Kylo Quinn, you mentioned you like him a lot. He's a high usage guy. So when we're looking at these teams uh, with kind of their secondary players playing, just look for those usage rate guys. You want the guys that are going to be on the, not only be on the court, but that they're going to chuck the ball as well. Um, but I think that's it for the Philadelphia side. Let's move over to Phoenix. Um, I'll let you break down here. Some of the top plays for Phoenix, some guys, I know means he has Devin Booker listed as a core play. I think that's an easy one to agree on, but I'll let you, I'll let you talk about Devin Booker and then the rest of the, the sun side as well. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I mean, I think Devin Booker's a phenomenal play today. He's my top play on the board in terms of price and, and upside. Now, obviously, you know, I don't, you know, you got Luca, you got Dane, but I'm saying, you know, with, with Devin Booker being in, you know, under 9K on both sites, uh, I just think he's a phenomenal play in a matchup, another matchup where they have to win. Uh, believe it or not, you know, I like DeAndre Ayton. I think he's a phenomenal player. going to have plenty of exposure. My third favorite player on this team, though, no secret, Cameron Johnson. has been playing really well. Minutes have been up lately. The production has been up along with the minutes. And that's what I like to see from young players. You know, sometimes young players get opportunities. They play, they start playing 30 minutes, and then, you know, their production goes down because they're alongside starters. But uh, Cam, you know, he's, he's shown that he's going to be able to kind of get his, get his uh, production up or keep his production alongside these starters. So I really like him today. I think he's probably my, my third favorite son. And then this is deep tournament here. But Javon Carter, his minutes are starting to pick up. Uh, might want to get ahead of the curve on him in this bubble. Uh, he's 3,200 on DK, and that can help you get off some of the other, you know, chalky value, especially – I can't predict blowouts in the bubble, and I don't try to do that. But if for some reason this game gets out of hand and Phoenix goes up 20 in the third quarter – I think you can see Javon Carter playing about 30 minutes again. And 30 minutes of Javon Carter against a depleted Sixers lineup, I think, is viable on this slate at, at, at that price. Yeah, Phoenix has kind of cut back on Ricky Rubio quite a bit yes. in the bubble. And it's uh, allowed Javon Carter and then and then Cameron Payne. Uh, friend to friend, Drew Drink, Dinkmeyer's uh, Cameron Payne 
Uh, they, they've given him some minutes as well. And Bain's actually been playing pretty well offensively as yeah. well. Uh, so he's another blowout potential guy. But like you said, it, it's tough to predict blowouts. And I would say it's something you don't necessarily need on this slate. Like, sure, we might want to do that on a slate that we don't have value plays. And you're like, hey, this guy might run into some minutes. But, man, we have a, a ton of value plays on this slate that – you probably don't need to get into that game even in large field tournaments. But Javon Carter, I mean, he's he's a guy, especially on FanDuel, which is, again, we're doing this before FanDuel lock. He's a guy that really, really does well in FanDuel scoring just because he's very active defensively, uh, very good with steals. Um, so he, he's a good player on, on FanDuel scoring as well. Um, <clears throat> Aiton should be good to go. Uh, did you have any DeAndre Aiton shares yesterday? So, look, uh, funny story. I actually hit the lock button on DeAndre Ayton yesterday on FanDuel, and uh, that was going to be my guy. And lo and behold, it's about five to ten minutes before lock. We get the news that he's not playing because he didn't, you know, he hasn't cleared his COVID test. And Tuttle, I got to say, that's probably as close as I've been on a, on a lineup swap. I literally got my next build in, and I, I was running, I think, 100 lineups yesterday. And I got that build in with two seconds to spare. I mean, literally two seconds. I put it in. It says all 100 entries are uploaded. And I clicked again, and it was already live. I said, Phew. that was a close <laughs> one. But uh, So I didn't have any DeAndre uh, Aiton shares in, in, in my mass multi-entry build. And uh, I, I was really excited about that. That could have been, a, been an ugly night. Uh, but getting that news early from the guys in crunch time chat, might I add, uh, really saved my butt. But uh, th- this is – uh, uh, you know, this is the, the 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 range of outcomes you have when you're almost at the playoff threshold. You know, guys are in and out within a blink of an eye, and then and I, I'm saying that, and then ten minutes later they said, "Oh, by the way, he's on the way to an arena on a tricycle." And they didn't say tricycle, but you know, he was on his way there, played a few minutes, it was a blowout, and then he sat. If you're like me, you were then tilting the news that he was going to play. <laughs> I, I I was playing showdown, and I. I faded eight. I got I got the eight news in time, and I mean he's eighty seventy five percent in GPPs owned still on, on showdown and even higher in cash games, and so yeah the I started tilting. I'm like oh oh of course of course he's gonna play now and absolutely smash. <laughs> um, but anyways, let's go to the next game, which is going to be Boston and Memphis. Is is it Boston at Memphis or is it Portland at Dallas? FanDuel and, and Lineup HQ have two different start times for these games. Yeah, I – Oh, the on. Portland game got moved back. That's why it is. Right. They got moved back so that they're primetime TNT. That's what that is. Um, yeah, so we'll we'll go with the Portland-Dallas game. We'll follow the, uh, the Lineup HQ uh, game times here. But that Portland-Dallas time does lock later, um, which is probably something we should – alert the uh, lineup HQ fellows of because that might affect late swapping um, with the optimizer. Uh, but we'll talk about Portland Dallas real quick. And again, this is probably the game that makes the most sense to stack um, in terms of motivation wise. Uh, we, we mentioned Phoenix has something to play for Portland is also trying to get into that last uh, West playoff spot. So they're, um, going to keep the tight rotation that they have throughout the bubble. Dallas, on the other hand, is a little more questionable. It sounds like they're going to play their guys. It sounds like it's they're probably going to play their guys full minutes, but they are a team that I could see going either way on this one. I think they're a team that they could technically still get to the sixth seed, which would then get them most likely make them avoid the Clippers in the first round, which is something they probably want. Uh, but again, they're they're a team that I think could waver a little bit on motivation. I think most people are playing it that Dallas players are going to kind of go full out here. I'm a little bit more skeptical, but I still think even on this slate, because we have so much value, you're still probably going to be playing some of the top end Dallas guys still like Luca. Um, let's start on the Portland side, though, and I'll let you kind of analyze uh, Portland to start. Yeah, man, uh, I think, you know, to me, Dame still isn't my number one play on Portland in terms of real life, obviously, but my number one play is always going to be Yusef Nurkic as long as his rates are going to be sitting, you know, around his usage rate is about 5% less than Dame. I think Dame's sitting at about a 30% usage rate right now. I think Nurkic is at about 25 cent, 25%. But when you look at the fantasy points per minute, he's still, you know, I don't want to say well above Dame, but he's at around 1.46 fantasy points per minute. He's got an $800 discount on DK. 
and uh, over a thousand dollar discount on FanDuel. I know it's a center spot, but when we're talking about flopping salary and kind of getting a different lineup build, I'm still going to be more inclined to, to hit that Yusef Nurkic button more than I hit the Dame Lillard button uh, on today's slate, just because of those rates. And while I know Dame's been, you know, dropping 60 and 70, and we can't account for that, that's the real life aspect. As of right now, the numbers still say Yusef Nurkic is a better play overall for the for the salary. And I'm going to be more inclined to just jam in Nurkic uh, against this Dallas team today. Yep, yep, I'm with you there. I was just sending the uh, the lineup HQ message while you went on your uh, Nurkic uh, rant there to make sure we get that start time pushed back, uh, if that's yeah. going to affect the late swapping or not. Uh, but, yeah, I'm, I'm with you Um Dallas has been very giving to opposing bigs to during uh, during the bubble. Um, they've had allowed some absolutely monster performances, and against guys like uh, Zubac and just not guys that are very good fantasy players. Uh, and Nurkic has been on the opposite end of that he's been crushing um, with his return to the bubble. Um, I'm with you though. I think on Fanduel, I, I honestly think these are two of the guys you can play. You, I, I think the FanDuel build is, is pretty easily stars and scrubs, so I think you can play both Dame and Nurkic pretty easily um, as kind of a core as, as part of your lineups, even alongside Devin Booker. Um, so I, I agree with you. Lillard and, and Nurkic are kind of the two main guys that you want to target from this game. Uh, Carmelo Anthony, noticeably on FanDuel, um, has a really cheap price at a really bad yes. position. Uh, yes. 5,400, he's, he's a guy that's been playing pretty well as um, can get going offensively. I think he's in play. I do think my my personal um, builds actually go even cheaper than that at small forward, but I do think in general small forward is a position that we don't want to spend up on. Um, so I think it you can go Carmelo there, but I think even uh, the optimal line of construction might be going even cheaper. Uh, Matisse Tybal is somebody we mentioned um, at small forward. Cameron Johnson we mentioned at small forward uh, in that first game that we went over as well. So. Uh, but Carmelo Anthony is fine. Um, any interest in Gary Trent Jr.? Do you think he's going to continue with the 76% true shooting? Well, I, I don't think he'll continue with 76%, but I think in this offense, he's going to get open looks. And I think as long as he, you know, even if he's at 50% open looks, he's still going to, you know, he should hit value. I like him a lot here. Uh, it should be a pretty high-paced game, pretty competitive. I mean, we've got him projected for about 34 minutes, and I think that's about right considering – what he's been playing recently. Now, I know he had a bad game, uh, you know, against Philly, you know, shot two for eight from the field, but his attempts were down and he wasn't making it. If you look at the, the other games, uh, 12 shots uh, against Boston, 11 against Houston, 15 against Denver, 13 against the Clippers. I think it's reasonable to expect, expect 10 to 11 shots in this game uh, against Dallas in, in a competitive matchup. I like him a lot. I'm going to have, I'm going to try to be well over the field, we haven't projected pretty low in terms of ownership. So uh, I like it when I can get a player that I really like and just maybe put in 15% rather than 25%. So uh, I, I like Gary Trent a lot here in this spot. Yeah, I do think it makes sense to uh, – he's not going to keep up those shooting numbers. He's a he's a pretty prime regression candidate in terms of that. Uh, but he is still cheap um, on FanDuel specifically, only 4500 And uh, I think it makes sense to, to go with – a lot of these Portland secondary guys that are locked into minutes, uh, CJ McCollum would be another one. We're showing him relatively decent owned just because I guess shooting guards, not a great position. Um, although I do think Devin Booker and Luca will be complete chalk um, at that position, but still uh, McCollum would be another guy that can get hot offensively and he should see relatively lower ownership on this slate. He would be another pretty good GPP play just because he's playing on a team that's motivated and you know he's going to get the minutes um, should he stay out of fall trouble. Uh, but let's go over to the Dallas side now. I'll let you uh, talk to me about Luca Stops and, and company. Yeah, well, Kristaps Porzingis, no secret here. I've pretty much been about locking him almost every slate uh, at a weak power forward position. You guys know I play a lot of fan duel. It's ugly on fan duel today. I mean, abysmal. And then you took away Al Horford which I didn't think he was going to play anyway. But, I mean, if you pull up the FanDuel power forwards, I mean, it's it's tremendous drop-off. Uh, and I'm, I'm just not playing Jason Tatum today when they don't have anything to play for. I think, I think Boston, I've been talking about it all day, I think this is a team that's primed to play guys for two quarters and then sit these guys. So uh, I, I'm all aboard the Porzingis train. He rested yesterday. Uh, I think he's going to play full minutes, so I'm hitting the lock button uh, on Porzingis. Even on DraftKings, 
I still think Porzingis is a good play. He's, you know, 8,200 there. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think, you know, and I wrote it up in the expert survey. I was really intrigued about playing Giannis. I know the game is at nine o'clock. I was hoping we were going to get the news a lot earlier and the news came out that all those guys were sitting. He's still questionable. At this point, I think I'm just going to have to fade Giannis and take my chances and really go, hammer these mid-range guys. And Porzingis fits that bill at 8,200. Yeah, I'm with you there. I think uh, speaking about Giannis specifically, it's it would be tough um, with him being the last game. And you, if you're locking, if you're playing him in some lineups, then you're you're legitimately going to eat you know six thousand in salary just just to be able to make a swap off of him if he's announced out. Um, yeah. So I think it's very unlikely. It's crazy though. Like a guy like Giannis, it's like he might be limited to to one or two rotations or the first half if he does play. And the crazy thing is, like from a raw points perspective, he still might be one of the top scorers well, on the slate. Well, look, I wrote that up in the survey, and I, I really wanted some confirm. If I had confirmation that he was going to play, I was hitting the lock button on FanDuel for sure. I mean, I looked at some numbers, Tuttle. And I wrote it up. It's a four-minute sample size. And you're saying, oh, it's four minutes. That's crazy. Giannis was averaging over three fantasy points per minute with all those guys off the floor. Four-minute sample. But in in real life, he's probably at about two and a half, two six with all those guys off the court. I ran the numbers. If he got 28 minutes, he'd be at 70 fantasy points at, at those rates. I mean, but I don't have any confirmation, which is why I had to, you know, back off my Giannis take. So, but – you know, and I couldn't leave that much salary on the table. Like you said, with him being the last game, if he was a six o'clock game, I'd probably still hit the button and then make some swaps later. But uh, all in all, I, I think this Dallas team is prime. I think Luca's great. Uh, I think Porzingis is great. And really, I, I feel like those are the only guys that I really need to play uh, from this team. I don't feel like I have to invest in Tim Hardaway or Dorian Finney-Smith, Kleber, Trey Burke. I don't feel like I need any other guys. As long as I've got Porzingis and Luca. I think I will get all or most of the production. Yeah, and I th- I think that's kind of the common theme of this slate is that you're playing the expensive guys on teams that are motivated or possibly motivated with Dallas um, and then saving with some of these other teams that have plenty and plenty of value options. Um, but let's go on to the next game, Boston at Memphis. We already know your thoughts on Boston, and I kind of agree with you here. Nothing to play for. Um, I'll let you reiterate here, though. What What are your thoughts on Boston? Yeah, Boston, and this is something I wrote up as well. I'm fading all of the starters. Even Kimba Walker, his low price. I'm not playing Kimba, Brown, Hayward, Tatum, Tice, and I'm not even going to play Marcus Smart because, in my opinion, even though he's kind of a six-man, I consider him more of a hybrid starter. Sometimes he starts, sometimes he doesn't. Uh, so I'm 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 full fading those guys. And guess what? If they get 50 fantasy points, they just have to beat me today. But I, I'm 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 going to try to leverage the field here and fade those guys you know when I'm looking at them like right now we've got Jason Tatum projected at 29 percent and that's fan duel and then you know you go over to DK uh and I think we've got Tatum projected around uh where is he at around nine percent which is probably more reasonable uh fan is a little different build but I think just by fading these guys you know you can put some other guys in your lineup that should be you know a, a lot more productive with with their opportunity Yep. Yep. I agree with you there. And and kind of the opposite is, is the case for Memphis um, in, in terms of motivation. They're a team that, again, another team trying to get into that eight, nine playoff game. Um, and they're going to be playing their guys lots of minutes. John Morant, notably one of those guys that they're going to be playing tons of minutes and he'll, he'll pretty much play as uh, many minutes as he can in this spot. My question is, I think on this slate, and it's, I think it's an important question. Do you like him as much as somebody like Devin Booker? Do you like where do you rank him on the scale of of guys that you actually want to pay up for on this slate? Well, you know, and, and I consider myself somewhat of a tournament mind. I'm always doing weird things to try to get leverage, and it's probably not going to work out as much today because I, I feel like Porzingis is going to be like sixty percent owned or something like that. But you know, Porzingis is kind of my number one in terms of Porzingis and Booker. Those are kind of like 1A, 1B for me because of price and upside. And then Dame is kind of in that next tier uh, because we know he's got got massive upside. And then after that, that's when I kind of start getting into the Ja Morant range. Uh, and then and then to be quite honest with you, after Ja, then it's probably I start getting into value plays like Burks and stuff like that. So that, that's kind of my ranking system today, starting with Chris Stapps and Booker, 
then I kind of drop down to Dame, then Ja. That's kind of kind of where I am. And I, Ja and uh, Ja and Aiton are kind of in the same grouping. Uh, salaries are similar, but you know, so you kind of do some salary swaps, get some different construction there. Yeah, and I think it's a. I, I think he's John ja Moran specifically is the guy that is going to decide your FanDuel builds. Again, FanDuel is yes. a lot more rigid with their lineup construction. So let's say I, th- I think a vast majority of people are locking Dame in is point card one, and then from there your lineup construction is going to completely depend on if you're playing uh, John Morant as your point guard two, or if you're kind of saving at the position. I personally love Frank Mason, which we'll, we'll talk about later. I think he is such a good play that I'm fine going that cheap. Uh, but I know Meansy, who's much better that, at this than I am, uh, he has him listed as a core play. Uh, so if you want to hear Meansy's reasoning, uh, he'll be on crunch time after this, after this show. Uh, so make sure to, to tune into that, and he'll he'll try to tell you a little bit more about his lineup construction, why he thinks John Morant is the is the point guard too as a core play on on FanDuel. Um, but I, I'm fine with Frank Mason as point guard too, and and again, that's decision crazy enough as it is is going to shape your the rest of your lineup completely, just because of how how FanDuel works out. You'll, that will then just depend on if you uh, spend up at shooting guard two um, or or not. Um, I'm again of, of the mind that I'm, I'm okay baiting John Morant just because I like Frank Mason so much, but I don't think everybody will take that path. And I don't think, I don't think that's necessarily the, the absolute right path or absolute path that you have to take. Um, in terms of other Memphis guys, uh, I don't think we have a confirmed starting lineup, but Anthony Tolliver is probably going to start. I'm um, no, no interest in him on this slate. He's cheap. He's a starter, but no interest in him and really no interest in the rest of these guys. I, I guess Valanciunas would be the one guy that you could potentially ha- say has some upside here. Um, and he would be the kind of the one tournament play. Uh, Dylan Brooks, maybe the other one. He's he's not afraid to chuck a little bit. Um, but both guys are, you know, kind of meh secondary plays, guys that I'm not all that interested in. So we'll move on to the next game, unless you have something to say there real quick. Well, yeah, I do want to say I, I do think on FanDuel, I, I, I always have a little bit of Valanciunas just in case because he's got the upside at, at a – I don't want to say a desolate center position because we've got some options today. But at 7,300, uh, I don't like it more than Thomas Bryant, who we'll get to, but I think, you know, Valanciunas is viable. And I did want to plug this in for the, for the listeners. I do have Ja ranked below Lillard in terms of my rankings, but in terms of my own personal projections – uh, Josh ranked ahead of Lillard in terms of, you know, projections and point per dollar and what I have here. So, you know, I, I like Ja a lot. I'm, I, as of right now, I should be well over the field uh, with, with Ja Morant's shares. Yeah, and I don't want that to come off as Ja Morant hate. He's a oh, very, no, no, very no, good no, player. No. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. It's just kind of like a positional thing. It's, again, it's much more rigid on, on FanDuel. On DraftKings, it's like, hey, play all these guys. It's no big right. deal. You've got multiple <laughs> guards, shooting guards, utility. But on FanDuel, you kind of have to make that tough decision, I think. Um, but anyways, we'll go – let's talk about Milwaukee, I guess, next. So we'll, we'll talk about the Milwaukee-Washington game. Uh, again, this is going to kind of center around the fact of if Giannis is going to play or not it. I think if he plays, I think the most likely scenario here is that he just doesn't play very many minutes. Um, and I would be kind of surprised if he does play still. Um, I know Dean mentioned, I think I saw Dean running around in chat. I think Dean mentioned last season, uh, one of the last uh, regular season games for Milwaukee is when we got just extreme, extreme minutes for a lot of their bench guys, which I think is probably going to be the case again which is one of the reasons why I like Frank Mason quite a bit. We currently only have Frank Mason projected at 16 minutes. Um, we'll see if that changes once we start getting starting lineups out. I would not be surprised if – I'm assuming, based on looking at our projections now, I'm assuming that we have – are projecting George Hill starting. I wouldn't be surprised if Frank Mason started over George Hill and he'll only played a few minutes off the bench. But I love Mason just because he's a guy that in the G League this season – like. We, we talked about earlier, when you're looking for cheap guys, you want guys that are going to chuck. You want the guys that are going to be high usage guys, and that's going to be Frank Mason. So in a what's going to be an extremely up-paced matchup, one of the fastest-paced matchups of the night, I think going to this Milwaukee-Washington game for value is going to be extremely, extremely valuable. Um, so if you have the question of if I should play this value guy against this value guy in Milwaukee-Washington, 
I would hold off and try to wait to see if we can get some Milwaukee Washington news. I would definitely not lock in the earlier of the two guys. I'll just wait for that Milwaukee Washington news and try to rearrange your lineups based on that. Because I think, I think this game is going to be awesome in terms of value. Um, but on the Milwaukee side, let's say, let's go with the scenario that Giannis is extremely limited um, or not playing at all. Who do you want for Milwaukee? Uh, well, in that case, I want all the bench guys. And they've already ruled out DiVincenzo, which that, yep. to me, DiVincenzo being out to me was bigger than uh, uh, Bledsoe being out. That was bigger than uh, Middleton being out because now they just lost one of those bench players that would have been soaking up usage. So, I mean, I, I really like the Frank Mason call. I mean, I like some bench play anyway, you know, during this time of the year. So Frank Mason, Connaughton, uh, Sterling Brown, DJ Moore, Ilias, these, these are guys I'm going to be playing uh, on this slate because I think you're going to have to. I mean, if you look at the roster, even right now, uh, I don't think they'll play much Marvin Williams. You know, hopefully they won't play much Kyle Korver. Hopefully they'll just kind of let these guys run. Uh, and Br- Brown and, and Connaughton, we have them projected to start. Maybe they start, maybe they don't. But I still think these guys soak up, soak up a bulk of the uh of the of the guard rotation minutes so i'm full steam ahead i I love the frank mason call and even when george hill starts he typically only plays about at max 25 minutes most of the time so i I could definitely see frank mason coming in a guy that's 3k on dk uh you know 3500 on 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 FanDuel, just come in and really light it up uh in two quarters so uh or three or or two and a half quarters either way i I like the call man I, i like these bench guys a lot I would be surprised. We we have it projected opposite, but I would be surprised if George Hill saw more minutes than Frank Mason in this game. I'll just I'll just put it that way. I would be I'd be very surprised. Bucks have nothing to play for. Um, already resting all their other veterans. I'm I'm pretty sure George Hill is basically just going to be active just so they can actually have a few subs um, yeah. and, and rotate a few guys. But I think the extent of I, I, again I would be very surprised if Frank Mason did not see more minutes than George Hill. And I think he's going to have a much more stable role. I, I see guys mentioning in YouTube chat that they would rather have Javon Carter, Cameron Payne, George Hill. No way. <laughs> no no way to me. Um, I, don't, I don't think it's even particularly close uh, in that one. So we'll see how that one uh, plays out, though. I, I do think he's the one of the value plays that I like most from this game. Other guys that could see extended run would be like a DJ Wilson. I think you mentioned Marvin Williams. It would be kind of weird if he saw a lot of minutes so dj wilson somebody else that could step up into an expanded role um it would be kind of surprising i mean we saw it last week where robin lopez we, we had a game like this against brooklyn robin lopez was announced starting he got into crazy foul trouble but he also wasn't just going he, he wasn't going to play a lot uh so i wouldn't expect a whole lot of minutes from the lopez brothers here i think you could maybe take some shots on them in tournaments uh brooke lopez i, I know we got a question in chat of if you'd like brooke lopez as a play he's another guy that his minutes are just so questionable. Even if he starts, I don't think he's, you know, a lock for, for 20 plus minutes. So he's somebody that I personally would not feel comfortable playing on this slate, especially on FanDuel where center position is so stacked. I just don't think you need to go there. Um, So he's somebody that I would fade, but let's go to the Washington side. I'll let you break down who you think the top plays are for Washington and and what the rotation is going to look like. Well, I actually feel a lot more confident in, in Washington production today. I've already talked about the fact that, you know, one of my top plays on the board, he would borderline almost be a lock button on DK for me today. Is, is Thomas Bryant at 7,300. Uh, I think that's incredibly affordable, especially when we've been talking about this mid-range build where you can sprinkle in some value, get some guys that are 7 or 8K and kind of make your lineup work. Thomas Bryant is, is one of my top plays at 7,300. Uh, even Troy Brown now that we know all these guys are sitting from Milwaukee, He's a guy that, you know, if he gets going, he's got 40, 50 point upside. Uh, I've currently hit the lock button on FanDuel at a, at a really bad small forward position. In my opinion, he's got the highest upside at the position. And even if he got 30, 30 fantasy points, I think I can still take down a GPP on FanDuel with 30 points from Troy Brown Jr. today. So I, I'm, I'm hitting the lock button on Troy Brown on, on FanDuel, a little bit different build. But that's kind of the direction I'm going there. And, and like we talked about, should be one of the highest paced games of the night, maybe outside of New Orleans. So uh, Troy Brown Jr. is big on my list. And then uh, in, in terms of, you know, deep tournament play, I've got a whole lot of Jerome Robinson today in this spot. Uh, 4,700 on DK. Think on FanDuel, he's 49 maybe. 
4,300, excuse me. Uh, so I'm, I'm well over the field. We've got him projected under 1%. Not sure how that's possible. I'm thinking he at least comes in at two or three. Uh, so I'm probably going to be about 10, 15% on, on Jerome Robinson. But those are a couple of my guys. I don't feel like Rui Hachimura is necessary. I think you can get some exposure because of the, the game. But uh, overall, I, I'm almost comfortable with the Rui Hachimura fade in this spot because of the price and uh, being able to get a little bit more creative in other spots. Yeah, and I think, uh, I think Shabazz Napier is still considered questionable for this game. If he's out, that only secures the role of guys that you already talked about. Uh, one of those being Jerome Robinson is kind of a, a GPP value play. Uh, Troy Brown as well. I think that that's, that would be especially good news for Troy Brown. I think um, I know Brooks, Scott Brooks talked a lot about or some about him playing more of a point guard position as well. And I yes. think over the last game or so, he played 10 minutes without Ish Smith or, or Napier on the court. Obviously Napier sat last game, uh, but he did get some uh, more ball handling duties, which is just good for fantasy. You want the guy, you want the guy to have the ball in his hands. Um, yes. Go figure. And so Troy Brown with potentially more point guard minutes is, is definitely a good thing, something you want. So I agree him and, and Thomas Bryan are probably the top targets on this team. Um, Rui is interesting uh, just for the fact that he's at a power forward position that's not very deep on this slate on FanDuel. Um, I don't think he's necessarily a play much of a play on DraftKings, but on FanDuel, again, where you're required to take two power forwards, like maybe – you can justify it. You know he's going to get minutes. You know the, the game environment is going to be good. Uh, it's going to be a fast-paced game and against a Milwaukee team that's not going to have most of their good defenders. Uh, so it is a game that could shoot out quite a bit. So, yeah, I, yeah. I'm fine with all these Washington guys. Yeah, and thanks for clearing that up too, Dan. And when I was talking about Rui, I was talking a little bit more about DK because yep. uh, he's 57. But on FanDuel, I mean, it's tremendous drop-off. I do think some of these value guys are going to hit, but, um, you know, I'm much more viable on FanDuel with a very weak position overall outside of hoping that, you know, these value plays get you 25-30. Yes, sir. Um, I think that's all we need to cover for Milwaukee-Washington. So let's go to the last game then. Um, lots and lots of news here with the New Orleans-Sacramento uh, game. For New Orleans, they're just going to be playing uh, mostly a skeleton crew uh, Brandon Ingram already announced out. Drew Holiday already announced out. We do not have a starting lineup um, for this yet. We think Lonzo Ball is going to play. We think he's going to play normal minutes. We think J.J. Raddick's going to play. We think Derek Favors is going to play. Uh, but they are the team. New Orleans is the team, I would say, that could kind of screw things up in terms of who they actually sit, who they actually give minutes to in this game. Um Again, Lonzo Ball would be a guy that would be an excellent GPP play if you think he's actually going to get a full allotment of minutes. Uh, but who knows in this spot? <laughs> um, yes. I'm not I'm not positive he's going to get a full allotment of minutes. Derek Favors is another guy that could be a decent GPP play. But I would say he's less likely to get minutes just because of his age. Um, it feels like it's a spot where they're not going to unnecessarily play him. So I think you're looking to a lot of, again, bench guys in this spot. Do you have a... Any Pelicans uh, that are your favorite in, in tournaments? Yeah, I mean, I think I'm kind of looking at, you know, Nikhil Walker-Alexander. He's a guy I'm considering. Um, you know, I, I do feel like Lonzo Ball at this moment is probably the best player on the team. Um, if, if he gets his normal minutes, uh, don't hate J.J. Reddick. Favors is cheap enough. And, you know, if you pull up uh, lineup HQ, you'll actually see that with these guys off the floor, Favors has the – highest fantasy point per minute production. Uh, but we know he's not going to play more than 25 to 28 minutes. Uh, so I, I think it's just kind of some of these bench guys. I was a lot more excited about New Orleans uh, earlier today, but then as I kind of went through my build, you know, I just saw other guys that I felt like were going to be a little bit more stable because when you look down this lineup, they really could play Frank Jackson 20 minutes and Jackson Hayes 20 minutes and Nikhil Walker-Alexander 20 minutes, each one more 20 minutes. Kenrich Williams, 20 minutes. They could throw Okafor out there for 10 minutes. And all of a sudden, you've got this whole smorgasbord of guys that are just, you know, playing minutes but not being productive. So if I trusted anybody, I feel like Lonzo Ball is going to be the, the one guy that gets 30-plus minutes, maybe – and, and not too far over 30, 32 at the max, I think, for Lonzo. Is a, a, and that's probably about a cap. Uh, everyone else, uh, you know, I, I think – 
I think they could eat into each other. I don't mind Melly for the, the salary, though. Like, if Melly gets 25 minutes at this salary, I don't hate it. Um, but, you know, I think, at, like I said, at the end of the day, I, I felt like I would like these guys more. But as the day has progressed, I feel like this could be, you know, 20 to 25-minute game for all these players. So speaking of Melly, we have a, uh, a question in chat. Melly or Norvell Powell from uh, Philadelphia? Oh, boy. Honestly, I, I may actually go Pell here. I, I don't think Kylo Quinn's going to play 30 minutes. I think I think Pell, Pell may get to 20 to 25. They're probably about in the same boat. And Pell's 3K. So, you know, you're saving a little bit of salary to maybe, you know, get a slightly better upgrade somewhere else, which is why maybe I'll lead Pell. I do think Melly is the better player right now in terms of, you know, skill. But I, I do think Pell could get more minutes in this spot with, with me feeling like Kyle O'Quinn's only going to play 20 or so. Yeah, I think you hit it on the head there. Uh, Melly might be the better player at this point in terms of skill, but Pell could be a fantasy monster in this matchup, especially if he's starting. I, th- I think if he's starting, I think it's Pell there for me. Um, but we'll hopefully get a starting lineup here before the, the game actually starts. Um, yeah, but, I hope. I'm waiting yeah, on I, that I, I think we will. We might not while we're on the show, but probably during crunch time we will. Um, yeah. But something I also wanted to kind of highlight that you mentioned uh, with this New Orleans team, they're not – a lot of their value guys aren't locked into – as secure of minutes as some of these other spots on the, on the slate. Yeah. Uh, but that does make them very, very attractive tournament options because these are guys that if they do get the minutes that we're not sure if they're going to get or not, could be excellent, excellent plays. If they do go with the youth movement and give Nikhil Alexander Walker minutes, he's one of the best point per dollar plays on the slate. If he gets to that 30 yeah. minute mark or close to it, he is probably going to end up being in an optimal lineup just because he's a very, very high usage guy. Uh, Jackson Hayes is another op- guy that if he gets a lot of minutes, if he gets into that 25 to 30 minute range, he's another guy that could easily break the slate just from a value perspective. So I do think these guys are guys that you can stay away from in, in cash games or because their minutes aren't secure. But if you think that, you know, the Pelicans are going to give the youth guys a lot more minutes than the JJ Reddicks, the Derek Favors and Lonzo Balls of the world, then I think this is an excellent team to go overweight on in tournaments. Yeah, um, for sure, for sure. Well, let's go to Sacramento then. The big news of Sacramento, Darren Fox is out. Um, tell me about that. What, who, who does that bump up in, in your opinion? Who do you think the best play from Sacramento is? Yeah, I mean, as of right now, I think the best play has got to be the two guards in Bogdanovich and Buddy Heal. I think that they're kind of the, the, the unquestioned plays from that team. And then I kind of get really confused on the backside because – I don't know if Bielitz is going to play 30 minutes or 10 minutes. Uh, I don't know if Harry Giles is going to play 10 minutes or 30 minutes. It's just, you know, this this big man rotation. Is Alex Lynn going to play 30 minutes today? I, I have no clue. But the two guys, you know, I feel really confident that uh, Bogdan is going to play 35. And I actually feel confident that Buddy Heald will get up to about 28 to 30 minutes today. Uh, Corey Joseph is probably going to play some. Yogi Ferrell may play 20 minutes, but – I don't feel like those guys are necessary because of their cap ceilings. I don't think we'll see too much of a ceiling game out of those guys. But, uh, you know, Bogdan and Buddy Heald are two guys. And, and the ownership shows that, you know, those are probably the guys we should be uh, looking at from, from this team. Yeah, it seems like those two are the, the main scorers in this lineup. I don't, I don't know where else to get their production from. Um, Daquan Jeffries, I think, is a kind of an interesting tournament option. We actually have on FanDuel him projected yeah, to see twenty three percent, twenty three. Jeez, I mean, but I get it on this slate, weak position, a, a cheap guy to fill in, to maybe play Luca and Dame and Porzingis together. That's what you end up with. So I, I totally get the concept of it. Yeah, and he saw it was a blowout, but he did see about twenty nine minutes in their last game. I think he could theoretically get up to that thirty minute range again. Um, in this game, I, I would take the under on like Bijalika uh, getting minutes. Uh, we have him at 17. I think it's that's a very conservative, and I think that's good. Um, but yeah, I think you want to target the younger guys on this team. Um, and Bogdanovich and Heald, I think, classify as younger guys. Obviously, they're guys that have, <laughs> have gotten more time professionally than a lot of these other guys, but I think they're guys that will still get run. Um, and you would think that's where their offense is going to come from. 
Um, in terms of a guy like Corey, Corey Joseph, where do you – I'm trying to make it so it's not a vague question, but it's going to be a vague question anyways. Corey Joseph, where do you like him on the uh, value perspective on this slate in terms of like guard value? Well, Dan, you got to hit that expert survey because I'm hitting the X button. <laughs> I will have zero shares of Corey Joseph. I, and, and this is just my, my thing, Dan. I, I've learned I don't really play bad chalk because, you know, the amount of times that Corey Joseph is going to help me win a tournament and, and stop me from winning a tournament, he's probably going to stop me from winning a tournament nine out of ten times. And, and, and guess what? Today is the day I don't play him and maybe he'll hurt me. But – I'm willing to take my chances. I don't think I need Corey Joseph. I think there's enough value uh, in other spots to where, you know, we can really just get it from somewhere else. So I'm hitting the X button on Corey Joseph. I do think the minutes are fine. Uh, I'm just choosing to not play him today. Yeah, so when you explain it that way, too, I think it helps highlight what you're saying is that Corey Joseph is probably a better cash game player than a tournament option. He's a guy that we're – think is pretty secure for minutes um so yeah I, I agree with that take as well and he's a guy with with those new orleans and sacramento games um starting kind of at the or new orleans sacramento and milwaukee washington games starting at the same time um you guys know i have uh, extreme love for frank mason but he's a very good swap option with Corey joseph um especially on fanduel they're very equally priced 3600 for joseph 3500 for frank mason um, so if, if you're going into that last set of games and you're looking for a guy that has a higher floor, um, Joseph is the guy. But if you're looking for a guy with a, potentially a little higher upside, especially if he's starting, then I think Frank Mason yeah. makes for a good swap and, and potentially lower owned as well. And let me plug this in too as well, Dan. I, I, I feel the same way about Dequan Jeffries and Matisse Thibel. Uh, You know, the guys, if, if you pull up the projections, they're projected about the same, but, you know, Dequan Jeffries is getting – quadruple the ownership uh that doesn't make any sense to me so i'm really going to be hammering some matisse thibault i'll be well over the field on him they're playing phoenix i still think he's going to get the minutes um so that's just another thing you know same same concept different position uh but just wanted to point that out as well because these guys are projected the same and to have this much of an ownership difference is baffling yeah i mean i mentioned kind of at the top of the show when we started with the philly phoenix game that I would be potentially a little worried about Tybal minutes, but I don't think they have the rotation to really not give him minutes in the spots. Um, I think they only have nine to 10 healthy bodies. And a lot of those are big guys uh, with, with Scott O'Quinn and Pell being three of the, the big guys that I don't know if you can play two of them on the floor at the same time, I guess, but I don't know. Th- I, I like the Tybal call. And again, on FanDuel specific scoring is excellent. Yes. 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 That is the um, key. Let's go. I'll, I'll bring up YouTube chat here and see if we have any questions. Um, so I'm just going to go scroll up a tiny bit and see if we can. Uh, we didn't mention Jabari Parker. Any thoughts on him? We have a question uh, about that. I, I'm not playing Jabari Parker. The guy got 22 fantasy points. I think in about 12 minutes, if my memory is serving me correctly. Look, if he got, if I knew for sure he was going to get the minutes, I, I consider him. Um, but I, I don't, I don't, I don't think I need Jabari with unstable minutes. I think we've just got too many guys that we know are getting thirty minutes today at bottom, bottom of the bottom feeder prices. So I, I'm not playing Jabari Parker. Yeah, he's such a good per minute guy that it's like if he Ooh. if he starts and plays that you're you're definitely scared at that point. But yeah. I agree, his his minutes are not stable. I would not consider him a young guy for for Sacramento <laughs> no um, not because, at all because I know uh Walton has kind of come out and said we're going to focus on those young guys I would consider Parker a young young guy he might get around that 15 minute mark if he if he gets over that 15 mark minute mark he's probably a smash play but um yeah. I think that would be tough to project uh we mentioned Daquan Jeffries we both like him quite a bit um, like him a little bit less in tournaments if that 20 percent ownership actually comes out to be true um, okay, how about do you like uh, Mikel Bridges or Cam Johnson more? I'm going with Cam Johnson for the upside. And we've seen Mikel Bridges give us upside, but this was prior to the bubble. I mean, right now it feels like Cam Johnson has it, um, you know, pretty efficient from the field, going to hit uh, the other categories just like Bridges. But I think Cam Johnson's a better scorer. And so I'm going to side with the guy that can put it in the hoop more times than the guy I'm relying on getting steals and blocks. Okay, on FanDuel, Brown and Aiton or Cam Johnson and Nurk? 
Cam Johnson and Nurk all the way. I mean, you don't have to ask me about Boston players, guys. I'm, I'm hitting the X button on every Boston start, and that's a personal take. So if you don't agree with that, by all means, you know, play your Boston guys. I, I'm just leaning on not playing them today. If that's Troy Brown, he doesn't clarify. So oh, okay. if, what if it's Troy oh, Brown? Listen, that change okay, it? Troy, yeah, Troy Brown, <laughs> Troy Brown and Aiton, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'll take Troy Brown and Aiton. I, Brown's got 50, 60 point upside today, like legitimate 50, 60 point upside. I, I'm taking Troy Brown and Aiton for sure. Yeah, I think I'm with you there. I like Nurk better overall, but yeah, I, I, I agree that first first one has more upside. Um, thoughts on Nurkic for cash? We we both love him. Um, he's an awesome cash game play. Um, no, I don't think we have to really expand on that. Um, can you rank Daquan Jeffries, Kyle O'Quinn, and Furkan Korkmaz? Right now, in, in my head, uh, I think Jeffries maybe has stable minutes. I think O'Quinn has the upside. Kirk Moss is your block play. So if I had to take one guy out, I think it'd be Kirk Moss. Upside O'Quinn, most minutes I'd go with Jeffries. Hopefully yeah, that with, makes sense. I'm with you there. Uh, question, if George Hill starts, would you go him, then Mason, or stick with Mason and hope he has more run? Uh, I would still go Mason. If George Hill starts, I still think Mason has – is the more likely is the guy more likely to get heavier minutes is counterintuitive is that sounds I, I think that's the case for tonight it, I might end up being wrong there but I just don't see them giving George Hill uh, he's I mean George Hill's a guy that only gets 25 minute range anyway most nights. so it'd be it would yeah. be tough to see him get uh, expanded beyond that in a game that's completely meaning, meaningless um any shot okay I don't know if I want to do Okafor. We got one last question. I don't know if I want to waste it on Jal- Jalil Okafor. Um, so I'm going to go with uh, Luca and Pat Connington for, or uh, Bogdan and Nurkic for cash. I think it's Bogdan and Nurkic. I think those guys, safer floors, probably higher ceilings. Combined. Not, no one has, I don't think they have a higher ceiling than Luca, but combined, I think that grouping has a much higher ceiling. Yep. I agree with you there. And one last comment from chat. I'm just scrolling through now. We did a best ball, uh, uh, underdog best ball draft uh, last week. And Dominic Moreno was apparently the guy that stole Matt Stafford from me. So, you know, go go screw yourself, Dominic. Um, But that's going to do it for the show. Uh, We have crunch time after this. Make sure you tune into that if you want uh, takes from uh, Andy Means, he is the guy. He is the man, the myth, the legend. He'll be giving you takes uh, up until lineup locks. Uh, so make sure you tune into that. But it's been fun, man. Uh, it's been fun, Will. Uh, do you have any any parting words for the crowd? Uh, don't be afraid to take stands. Don't be afraid to take stands. Perfect. All right. See you guys later.